Galaxy Far, Far Away, the Star Wars History Podcast. My name is John, and I am your host. I apologize for how long it's been since publishing the last episode, but now with myself and most of the rest of the world in some sort of quarantine, now is as good a time as ever to pick back up, and maybe with an abundance of extra free time as I'm stuck at home, I can catch up a little and publish a little more frequently. I may be disappointing some people, but unfortunately I'm not going to be continuing the story of the Dawn of the Jedi. My heart wasn't really in it to just convey a pre-written comic book into spoken word alone. And so in lieu of that, I will post links on the website swgalaxypodcast.com where you'll be able to find all of the comic books of that Dawn of the Jedi story for free to read on digital media. Instead of that, I'm going to be jumping into some stories in history that are pretty much more in the main chronology, the main timeline that most Star Wars fans are familiar with. We'll still be going pretty far back into the past compared to the Star Wars films, but we'll be talking about things that are more directly relevant to stuff that we've seen on screen. This is episode four, The First Great Schism. As we learned in episode two, the Jedi Order began as a group of Force sensitives from various planets who all congregated on the deep core world of Tython 10,000 years before the First Galactic Republic. When the Republic was founded around 25,000 years before the Battle of Yavin, the Jedi Order decided to relocate themselves from the Deep Core to the Outer Rim, a planet called Osis. They did this because they wanted to remove themselves from the potential influence of the New Republic and continue their more or less isolationist ways. Also, by this time, the Jedi had developed quite a bit philosophically and doctrinally. In fact, some members of the Order believed these doctrines and practices were now far too rigid, making the Jedi close-minded and stifling growth and not allowing the seeking out of new knowledge. Two such disgruntled Jedi were a young woman named Arden Lin and a man named Zendor. Zendor was particularly outspoken about what he viewed as the Jedi Order's exclusionary ways, and he even went so far as to petition the Order to allow him to set up a new Jedi Academy on a different planet that would allow him the freedom to study a wider range of alternative Force traditions and train others in those ways as well. The leaders of the Jedi Order denied Zendor's request, but he defied their orders and left anyway, taking Arden Lin with him. They established their new academy on the planet Leto in the core, far from the Outer Rim Jedi world of Osis. This new academy slowly gained more and more members as a greater number of Jedi on Osis became disillusioned with the doctrines of the Jedi Order, just as Zendor and Lin had. As Zendor's studies of various Force-related traditions expanded, 
he became more deeply drawn toward the dark side of the force. His students naturally followed him down this path, and they branded themselves the Legions of Leto. Originally, the Legions of Leto wished to just be left alone to study the force as they willed. However, the Jedi Order viewed them as dissenters, rebels, heretics, and a threat to themselves. Both sides began to arm themselves for an impending and inevitable conflict. This conflict became known as the Great Schism, and then eventually the First Great Schism after other Great Schisms happened further on down the line. This was the first major civil war among the Jedi Order, and as we continue through the history of the galaxy, we will see more of these conflicts arising and start to wonder if maybe some of these dissenting factions had a point about the rigidity and close-mindedness of the Jedi's philosophy regarding the Force. But that is for another time. The Jedi Order declared war on the legions of Leto, and battle was joined. Zendor tried to end the war quickly and decisively. He hoped to limit loss of life and bloodshed by attacking the Jedi directly at their home planet of Osis before the war could spill over into the Republic and more populated worlds. This attack was a failure. The Jedi beat back the legions of Leto, and war spread to many other planets. Zendor also tried to gain other allies to his cause, particularly the government of the new and burgeoning Republic. At this time in history, the Jedi Order had already pledged to act as guardians of peace and protectors in the New Republic. Zendor expressed his belief to the Galactic Republic that this was a deception on the part of the Jedi to allow themselves to slowly gain power and influence and eventually take over. The Republic was not convinced and did not join the conflict. With the legions of Leto without allies and failing in their attempt at a decisive end to the war, the conflict quickly spread to numerous other planets, getting as far even as the Republic capital of Coruscant. The Jedi were led throughout this conflict by the Jedi Grand Master Adrista Pina. Pina was a formidable warrior who used twin katanas imbued with the Force in battle. Zendor and Lin had hoped that Pina would empathize with their situation. Before the outbreak of the conflict, Pina was known to enjoy wandering the Outer Rim territories, seeking out new planets, and hopefully unraveling secrets and mysteries of the Force previously unknown to the Jedi. In spite of this, however, Pina believed that the order and structure that the Jedi represented were the foundations of civilization itself, and that civilization was the progenitor of true peace. And that is why he stood with the Jedi rather than with Zendor and Lin. The nature of the Jedi Order also gave them a distinct advantage over the legions of Leto. Their focus on order and structure and their hierarchy enabled them to fight as a large collective unit, whereas the legions of Leto being more focused on individuality and their idea of freedom, were not as cohesive in battle. The conflict reached its climax on the core planet of Columus. Zendor and about 30 of his followers met Master Pina and a comparable number of Jedi in battle. 
Pina and Zendor met on the battlefield and engaged in single combat. Pina slew Zendor, bringing the war close to its conclusion. There was only one other survivor of this battle, the Jedi Padawan Danzigoro Potts. All other combatants had ended up dead. After the battle, Padawan Potts recorded a message giving his account of the battle as well as his thoughts on the conflict as a whole. The message in this can be found in the book Jedi vs. Sith, The Essential Guide to the Force. The message he left is as follows, quote, I've received the transmission, the news that General Zendor is dead. At last we have prevailed over the legions of Leto. I know it may be wrong of me, but I am relieved by his death, as I trust it brings an end to this awful war. For the first time in months I look forward to tomorrow. I wonder, I wonder if I might find a spot of sunshine before morning. Better yet, I might find a familiar, friendly face, one that's still breathing. Forgive me, my masters, my thoughts go astray. I do not mean to dishonor your teachings by babbling. You know I was never good with words. I always wished I could make them flow better. My throat is so dry, and I'm bleeding something awful. I hope I'm holding this audio card right. Hear my words, fellow Jedi. I, the Jedi apprentice Danzigoro Potts, am the last survivor of the conflict on Kulumas. There were nearly thirty dark Jedi, so we were fairly evenly matched. Tried to trap us in the ravine, they did. The battle was fierce and fast. It's so quiet now, peaceful even. But we can thank the Force for all we... We can thank the Force for... So sorry. I want to leave you with some important words. I am guess I'm at a loss. I'm dying. I'm just going to say whatever I want to say. I killed my friend Blendry and her apprentice Kuthalox today, right here on the battlefield. Hadn't seen them since they ran off with my old master, Jukjukhiborzin, to join up with Zendor. Caught up with Hiborzin on Kulurag and ran him through, I did. But Blendry and Kuthalox kept getting away, one world to the next, all the way here. Not that I wanted revenge, of course, but, well... All the rebels had to be stopped, did they not? I loved being a Jedi. Loved it. Wouldn't have changed a thing. But, to be honest, after Blendry joined up with the Legions of Leto, I started thinking. About how long she'd been complaining about the Jedi Order being so sterile. About how bored she was by all the endless meditation. Understand, I was never tempted by the dark side. Being in the light was never a dangerous balancing act for me. It wasn't. Maybe it's because I'm simpler than some, or so Blendry says. I mean, that's what she used to say. But I never ducked a battle, and I never betrayed the Jedi, and I never wanted to do bad things. To the Jedi who finds this data card, I'm hoping you'll remember this about Blendry. You see, Blendry was my best friend when we were children. She was the one who showed me how to use the Force, even before we knew what the Force was. She was a good girl, Blendry was. A really good person. Maybe she teased me a few times when she became a Jedi Knight and I was still an apprentice, but I knew she was just joking. The reason I mention this is because I don't think she joined the Dark Side and the Legions of Leto because she was evil. I think she just got tired of all the Jedi rules, 
being told what to do, how to behave, how not to behave, all the time. I think it crushed her a bit. As for all the other Jedi who left the Order to join the Legions, I don't know. It seems too easy to blame everything on Zendor and the dark side. Maybe we... Maybe the Jedi were partly to blame, too. I'm not good with history, but I know that for more than five centuries the Jedi didn't have much trouble with anyone. Sure, a dark Jedi here and there, I heard tell. But then along came Zendor, telling Jedi they didn't have to obey orders all the time. I know it sounds crazy, but I wonder. Maybe the Jedi need an enemy, I think. Without a common enemy, we will just wind up fighting each other ourselves. Does this make sense? It's getting really cold. I only wish. At which point Potts succumbed to his wounds, leaving Grandmaster Pina the only survivor of the Battle of Kolumus. I think that Padawan Potts makes an excellent point that the Jedi are really their own worst enemy. It's a theme that we will see as we continue forward that the rigidity of their traditions is what gets them into the most trouble and becomes the basis for many conflicts to come throughout the history of the galaxy. The defeat of Zendor did not bring a complete end to the conflict, however. The war would not be over for the Jedi until the legions of Leto were exterminated entirely. Pina led his Jedi forces to the planet Leto itself in order to exterminate all the rest of the legions. After a fierce battle, nearly all the rebel Jedi were defeated, save for a handful who managed to, to escape out of the core worlds and into the uncharted regions of space. Among those who managed to escape was Zendor's second-in-command, the young Arden Lin. However, Grand Master Pina was relentless. He would not rest until every last vestige of the rebellion was stamped out. And so, he tracked these last fugitives deep into the unknown regions. Pina tracked down and cornered Arden Lin on the Irkala system in the unknown regions. Pina disarmed Lin and was prepared to deal the final blow. But Arden Lin had a secret. She possessed an ancient talisman that Zendor had given her. This talisman, about the size of a hand, was imbued with powerful dark side energies. She focused all of her rage, all of her grief, all of the love she had for Zendor, whom Pina had killed, into the talisman, and used its dark powers to shatter Pina's sword and drive the fragments into his body, inflicting fatal wounds and granting Lin joy at avenging the death of Zendor. Before he died, however, Grandmaster Pina used a rare force ability called Morikro to basically cease all of Lin's bodily functions. Arden Lin had one last trick up her sleeve, however. She was also a member of an ancient group called the Followers of Palawa. This was a group that studied the Force and Midichlorians, but was historically opposed to the Jedi. Through their study of the Force, these Followers of Palawa had mastered a deep trance technique that enabled them to sleep for decades without aging by tapping into the Force and doing some sort of hyper-meditation. Arden Lin 
being a follower of Palawa, had mastered this technique as well and was able to bring on this deep trance before she died from Master Pina's technique. With Grandmaster Pina wiping out the last of the legions of Leto before his death, and Arden Lin's now comatose state deep in the unknown regions of space, the conflict of the first great Jedi Schism had come to an end. In the aftermath of this conflict, the Jedi withdrew back to the planet of Osis in the Rim, and for the most part, did not really have contact with those in the Republic. However, they continued to defend the Republic from threats coming out of the Outer Rim in secret, choosing not to declare themselves openly to the Republic for the next 500 years. That is when the next great galactic conflict was fought, a war known as the Tyanese War. Therefore, a fitting topic for the next episode will be the background and origins of the Tyanese War and the war itself, and we'll discuss some important factions that existed in the Outer Rim and continue to exist up to this point, Zim's Empire, as well as the Hut Empire and Hut Space. And of course, we're all familiar with Jabba the Hutt, giant slug-like dude in the original trilogy. We'll see what his species is all about and their origins coming up next. Thanks again for listening. Again, for background information, be sure to check out the website swgalaxypodcast.com or if you have any questions or comments, reach out at swgalaxypodcast at gmail.com In the meantime, stay home, stay healthy, stay six feet away from each other, and may the Force be with you.